0: on the floor now my jewelry box froze fuck a pole fuck up stone counted millions in a cold bad bitch booted slow, got on bank bankroll can't fold doesn't know shot, case closed close, close.
1: what is up guys it's andy frisella and this is the show for the realists say goodbye to the lies the fakeness and delusions of modern society and welcome to motherfucking reality guys today we have q and af and if you're wondering about my voice uh, I caught the flu and I've been sick for the last five days straight. And that's why my voice is gone. So uh yeah. Dropped about fifteen pounds, went from two sixty to two forty six. I want the flu. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't it ain't it ain't all that, bro. <laughs> Fucking eight. I haven't been able to I had to I'm gonna have to restart seventy five hard by the time this air, I'm gonna start tomorrow, which is um Monday, Mm -hmm. yeah, brain's starting to work a little bit better, but yeah, got my rucks in. That's good. Yeah, got my rucks in. Um, Was unable to do seventy five hard. Just it was just too much, bro. But yeah, so here we are, Monday, back in the saddle, getting back to it. Yeah. So what's up, man?
0: Well, not much, man. I'm just gonna
1: I'm gonna skip the whole intro because. Yeah, hey, listen. Trying to
0: save some of my juice. Efficient. That's right. That's the word. Yeah, no, everything's good, man. Um, I got some good ones for you. Yeah? Yeah. What'd you do this weekend? Uh, almost got into a, a fight. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know if you want to I mean, tell us. He actually said, you know, he said he used to actually work for you. Oh, really? Yeah, I think his name, he said his name was Dan, but I didn't get a last name off of him. Oh. Big fucking guy. Really? Yeah, big guy. Huh. Yeah, almost knocked him out. <laughs> Dan
1: We got some USC fighting this weekend That was <laughs> yeah. pretty good What'd you think of that? He's, he's awesome he's It was a runner.
0: little bit of a controversial decision
1: What'd you think, dude? I, I,
0: I think in order to beat a champ You have to beat the champ And I don't think DuPlessis really Beat him Beat him
1: That's what I thought too, bro him, yeah. I mm. thought Strickland should have won that fight
0: The first two rounds were definitely Strickland The second two were DuPlessis and the, the last round was Strickland, was Strickland.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's how I saw it too, thought, Yeah, yeah. Man, it was unfortunate. I really like Strickland. How do you become
0: a judge? Like what's that process like? Huh? I don't know. You know? That'd be cool to do.
1: I don't know this, but I I know I'm a big fan of Sean Strickland, dude. He's a great guy. He exercises his freedom of speech. We talk about exercise the rights, it's not given, you gotta exercise it. That's That's it. That's what he does. This is how freedom of speech maintains itself, and you can agree or disagree with anything that he says. But the fact that he says whatever he wants to say is the important part. Yeah. And what yeah. What, what happened to him? What, what's the backlash? He got more did popular. He get, did he get
0: fired? Did he? Get, no. He
1: he has become the most popular UFC fighter right now. I think he's the most popular guy right now. Right now he's yeah. yes. Yeah. And all so, he did was just talk. Say what he thinks. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Very what can happen. simple. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if, if uh. I think we're going to try We were just talking I think we're going to try To hit that uh, That Mike Chandler Conor McGregor fight In June Yeah, yeah. Let's go We got to fucking go Let's go Mike Chandler's from Right down the road here man You got to support He's Hometown great, bro Great fucking guy And I like Conor too So it's like Yeah I'm, I love Guinness I'm going to be rooting
0: For Mike Chandler No question USA baby Yeah that's right From, from St. Louis That's right You got to do it That's right yeah, sweet man. Well, let's get into these questions, guys. Remember, <clears throat> if you want uh, can send these questions and email them in. Askandy at andyforseller.com. Guys, Andy, question number one. Andy, I'm a professional actor in the TV film industry. Within the last few years, it's clear that Hollywood is nothing but corrupt. How could someone like me, who's been in the industry almost 10 years, who's put their blood, sweat, and tears into something, be part of a crooked community? when my ideals and beliefs don't align with Hollywood's, I fear that my career won't advance if I don't see eye to eye with the decision makers of the industry. Any thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of different angles on this. First of all, I think, I think we got to recognize that Hollywood's always been full of shit. All right. This isn't just the last couple of years. It's just that the last couple of years it's been, it's become very obvious. So that's the first thing. Um, second thing is, you know, we live in this day and age where you don't have to be beholden to Hollywood to become influential or successful in the entertainment world. You know, most of the most successful entertainers on the planet are on YouTube now. And these these are independent people. These are people who independently create content and then get paid through sponsorship deals, uh, you know, and then monetizing their platform in different ways. And a lot of these guys make way more money than any of these Hollywood people do. Um Third of all, I think if you're going to recognize what's happening in the world, we have to acknowledge that the momentum is swinging back towards common sense and away from very progressive woke ideology because we're what we're seeing is every movie that comes out that's ultra woke, so to speak, is floundering and flopping. And these actors who continue to push this are just driving their careers further and further and further down. We could go back four years and look at some of the biggest actors in the world and then fast forward to today and look at the ideology that they pushed this woke leftist shit and their careers are significantly uh, reduced and in a worse off place than they were four years ago. And some of them are understanding it and some of them aren't. Um, But those, those people, if they stay on that same line, they're going to continue to flounder. And it's just like any other product in a free market. If your product's no good and the consumer is rejecting it, you don't continue to try to force them to buy it. And so this is free market capitalism working, filtering out the product that is rejected by the people and demanding the product that is, you know, uh wanted by the people. And if we're being honest, I mean, my show, this show we're doing right here is is evidence of that. You know, the show, this show is five times bigger than it was when I did MFCEO project. And it's because we come on here and speak the truth. It's very similar to what we were talking about, Sean Strickland, right? So we have to, we have to understand all these concepts and basically, you know, you have a number of options. One, you could go make your own shit and push it out your own way and become independent. And you know, if you're good enough, you could possibly do very well. I don't know how good you are. You know, a lot of people think they're really good at this stuff and they suck at it. Um, you know, and then they talk about how their shits, you know, uh, it's not fair and this and that. Well, if you're, if you're good, you're going to get the views. If you're not good, you're not going to get the views. And that's reality. Um, two, you could stick it out because I do think that Hollywood's going to have to come back to, if they want to survive, they're going to have to come back to cultural American values, traditional cultural American values. Um, otherwise people are going to stop watching their shit. And we've seen this over the last four years. So, you know, that's how I feel about it. I I don't, I, I, it's not like, I think you are out of options. I think you just have to look at the situation accurately and try to figure out, you know, where is your best play. And, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend anybody doing anything that or staying in a situation where they don't, you know, align with the value system. That's a sure way to make yourself miserable. Nobody likes that. And it's not good for you either. So there's plenty of options on the table. Um, you could stay there and things are going to get better because the culture is shifting the right way. The momentum is swinging towards common sense. The momentum is swinging towards traditional culture, American values. We see this everywhere we look. And if you're not seeing it yet, it's because you're not paying attention. Um, Or you can go out and do some independent stuff. That's, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, it's, Cause this, it, I mean, it is definitely changing me. No, for sure, dude. And you could see it in the numbers. And these people who promote these, the people who've been pushing this, they have unlimited amounts of money, right? But even if you have unlimited amounts of money and you continue to push this narrative, like, dude, if you go, you could see interviews of Larry Fink, who's the CEO of BlackRock, talking about how they want to change or force change behavior. Right, amongst the employees by pushing down certain cultural values through organizations, and this includes Hollywood, but even people with unlimited amounts of money are gonna get tired of losing that much money. And what's gonna end up happening, which will eventually get them to switch, is that it's not about the money they're losing, it's about the influence that they're losing. And so hollywood you have to look at Hollywood for what it really is. Hollywood is not for entertainment, it's for influence. Okay, it's not about us going to the movies or us clicking on Netflix and watching something and saying, oh man, this is a great movie, I loved it. That's what it used to be 20 years ago, all right? But it's not that anymore. What it is now is how can we drive a certain uh, social narrative for people to adopt behavior so they make certain things look like everybody else thinks they're cool and they push it out hoping that it will curve behavior in society. And it's propaganda, that's what this is. And so what, what's going to happen is, when they lose their influence, they're going to go back to the thing to build credibility. What's the World Economic Forum's- uh,
0: Main objective right now.
1: Main objective, rebuild trust. Mm-hmm. Because they've eroded it and they realize they don't have the influence they once had. So to get the influence back, they're gonna have to do what communist ideology typically does, which is push, 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 step back, step back, push, 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 step back, step back. And we're entering one of those step back, step back phases, but the problem is, is their own mechanism for awareness and influence is blowing up in their face, called the internet, to where too many people recognize what's going on. So I don't think they're going to be able to recover the trust aspect. And if you think about how most people behave, you know, it's it takes a very confident, almost high testosterone alpha type person to stand alone and say, I believe this, whether you all believe it or not. All right. And most people just can't do that. Most people will make decisions based around what they say they believe based around what the other people think. So it's safe because they can't actually defend themselves physically. Okay. So these people can't physically defend themselves. They, they So the safe decision is to agree with what everybody else thinks. And the whole game of Hollywood is to make it seem like everybody thinks this so that people will go along with whatever the uh, the initiative is so that they can curve behavior. So what we really need to understand is why people say they believe things that they don't actually believe and it's because they're afraid and the reason that they actually say that they believe these things is because they think that everybody else believes them. But when everybody else starts to stand up and say, I don't fucking believe that, which is happening right now, now these people lose their 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 structure of influence, so to speak, so I think we are in for some major cultural change moving forward, which is something that I've been talking about for a very long time. But you have to understand that most people aren't going to stand up on their own and say, "Hey, I disagree with the whole entire world because they're not able to and this comes down to a very basic psychology, you know like i mean and and People, people are going to disagree with me on this, and this is fine. But, like, bro, I'm six one, two hundred 260 fucking pounds, bro. Well, not today. I'm 246 today. But, like, I'm not too worried about getting my ass beat pretty much by anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might happen, but I'm not worried about it. I don't walk around in fear. Most people walk around in fear. Most people walk around incapable to stand on their own opinion because they don't have the ability to defend themselves intellectually or physically, so they adopt the mentality of the herd. And this is why we see this collective mindset that's been going on for the last few years uh, where people will say one thing, you know, like we see these tweets, right? These tweets that say shit like, uh, you know, fuck Donald Trump, he should be arrested, right? And then the that, that same person will write a tweet two years later and say, uh, people calling for the arrest of Joe Biden are insane, blah, 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 blah right? right? Like it's right. Jo- it's it's just because these people are echoing the opinion of the collective because they are weak individuals. And so we have to understand the psychology of the group and how that plays into how culture flows and how it moves. And we are entering a phase where it's becoming increasingly obvious to a large number of people that a lot of the shit going on in the world is not okay. Okay. And as that happens and as the collective starts to wake up, people become more comfortable with standing on their own opinion. And that's a that's a big deal, and I don't think they're going to be able to recover their ability to influence the way that they have. So if the, if you're in this position, you know I I think you can go a number of the ways like we discussed, but I think ultimately what we're going to see is we're going to see entertainment and culture and everything go back to traditional American values in some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying it's going to go back to 1950s apple pie and you know plaid tablecloths but we're going to find a sweet spot, you know, where comedy's funny, people accept people, you know, nobody there's there's not bigotry, everybody's getting along, which is what they're trying to avoid from happening because when that happens, when culture finds that sweet spot of all of us getting along, all of us having a sense of humor, all of us working together, that's called fucking unity. And if we're united, they can't win. So it's it's naturally happening and I can I can see it happening um, but traditionally, you know, I'm usually a year or two ahead of of it playing out. So we'll see what happens, but that's what I think is going to happen. I love it, man. Uh, guys, Andy,
0: question number two. Hey, Andy, my boss came up to me and asked if I wanted to train the new guy at work. This is the first person I'll be training. Uh, I'm a super hard worker and have a bunch of drive and passion to be the best uh, person or diesel mechanic that I can be. Do you have any tips on being a good teacher and trying to get the new job to have passion and drive just like I do?
1: Well, there's a lot to that question, okay? Yes, you could teach someone to be a great diesel mechanic, but the question that you're asking is, how do you train someone to love being a diesel mechanic? And I'm not sure that you could train that. The only way that you could truly train that is if someone has a little bit of an interest in that naturally, and you're able to somehow tie a a bigger purpose to that job to where they become more and more and more passionate. Right. Um, for example, like in our business, you know, our main businesses are all in the nutrition space. You know, a lot of people like to work out. A lot of people like to eat right. A lot of people like to look good and they come into our ecosystem, uh, very, uh, Excited to work in that space, right? Because they like it. But when you start to make them understand how much it impacts other people's lives and the change that you can have on other people's lives, that's what gets them truly passionate and truly excited. I believe that true passion doesn't come from us wanting things in a selfish way. It comes from us providing things of value and creating value in other people and and being able to observe their growth and then feel good that we contributed to it. And that's that's what real passion is about, right? Like, so how do you do that with a diesel mechanic? I'm not sure, man, but I'm sure there's a lot of guys that work on diesel mechanics that that fucking can figure that out. Yeah, for sure. You man. know what I mean? So we're talking about technical training versus like personal development training. And I think if you're ever going to become an amazing leader, You've got to be able to train on the technical, which is whatever point of interest that you are working inside of, but you also have to be good at training someone how to how to personally develop themselves. And I think a lot of managers and a lot of leaders of organizations, whether it be a team, a business, uh, or whatever, a church, the reason they struggle is because they, they abandon the personal development training and just focus on the technical training and i think to be great you have to have both a great leader you have to have both so um if i were you i would focus on developing that person's character developing that person's discipline developing that person's ability to operate as a human being and um and then work from there hmm.
0: can we can we push a little bit on that uh on the idea of like you know the technical training being able to develop that that's a fundamental basic right like you got to have, gotta have that it, right yeah. But then taking a step further and trying to develop that person personally on a professional level, personal, mental level. Right. What what do you see is like the biggest hang up with that, though, because like like what do you look for? How do you know that person? I mean, is it like a little gleam in their eye that you OK, this kid's got it. I know he's going to be interested in this. Like how do you like how does that work? Because you got some guys that just come in just for the money, right? Like, I'm just here. Yeah, and there's, there's going to be job. a lot of those people. There,
1: I have a saying for that, okay? And the saying is the world needs fry cooks too. You can't have a great hamburger joint without people making great French fries. Yeah. You can't have a great company without people that are great at packing boxes. Like, there's going to be people who will do that for their entire lives, and that doesn't mean that they're not valuable. It just means they're very really good at that. And, and so we have to understand that. Um, but ultimately, I think if you want to – bring someone out in a personal development way, the most important thing that you have to do to even be able to see the glimmer that you're talking about is being able to live that example every day yourself, right? When people see you living and doing a great job and a great life, do, let's say you're the best diesel mechanic in the world, right? But you're also fit. You're also healthy. You're also intelligent. You're also working to be the best that you can be. That's going to inspire that person because that's a cultural difference and a cultural abnormality to most jobs. Yeah, you're changing the definition of it, of what that, that diesel mechanic is. Correct. Yeah. So man. so that comes from our example. Yeah. And that's why that's why I tell you guys so often that. Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion because it's very hard to change anybody unless you change yourself first It's impossible actually. So and that's where a lot of leaders fuck up. They show up They're a hundred pounds overweight They they drink five nights a week and they can't get their people to perform or be any better and they're shocked as to Why because they're paying them (laughs) well, bro, that's pay you're paying them for the technical You're not paying them for the character. The character has to be developed through the example that you set. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. So, that it's you know, I think it's cool that 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 this guy's asking this question um because I don't think I've ever gotten a question like this around around building diesel engines. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's really cool that there's people out here who are who take that level of Yeah, care. they're fucking blue man. collar. They're 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 working with their hands, they're building shit, they're doing shit that matters and they give a fuck about the quality of human being that they are and the quality of the human being that 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 is around them and that exact want for this this that this man is expressing for his younger people that he's got around him is exactly what's going to change the country this is what's going to this is what I talk about this is what I'm talking about when I say personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion be better you know set a better example because when you set a better example they become better and we have a better community these, this, is, this is what I'm talking about. So I really, really love that question. Um, but it's going to come down to the example that you're setting through your own life. And when you set a great example through your own life and you're you know doing a great job technically, but you're also living a great life and being a great example of an American and a human, other people are going to want to join you. And this is proof.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. All right, guys. Andy, our third and final question. Question number three. Andy. At what point did you even think about or realize there was time to start delegating some of your responsibilities to the team? I run a very small improvement company and have a few guys working under me. I am on the majority of job sites with them to ensure the work is being done to our standard and as well as doing all the behind the scenes work. I struggle with leaving my team on their own uh, to work on tasks that grow the business because I've been burned in the past. What advice do you have for me?
1: Well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being involved as much as you want to be. The problem is, is that you have to understand that if you're going to be someone who wants to have their hands on every single part of the business at all times, you can only get so big. You can't get very big at all. Actually. Um, When we started in business, it took us five and a half years to get our second store open. And had I not had the fear of delegation and the fear that, we could find people to do the job that we needed to do, we would have been much further along at this point in time because I could have done what we did the first 10 years in the first five years, um, but we were afraid. I was afraid people were gonna steal. I was afraid that people were gonna let me down. I was afraid that people weren't gonna do as good enough job, and you know what happened? All of that.
0: Yeah, they still That's still what happens, they still, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so we have to understand, you can choose to be the person who has their hands on every aspect of the business, but you can't choose to be that person and also grow your business to a uh, large scale type business in any way, shape, or form. So, delegating is a necessity if you want to grow a bigger company. And um, you know, when it comes to delegating, you have to realize, like, go go drive up the ro- the main road in your in your city look at all the companies, look at all the businesses. You're not the first fucking person to ever have to deal with this. Every single business that we operate or that we are customers of that operates has to deal with delegation. So you don't think you can do it too? You see what I'm saying? It's an irrational fear that holds a lot of people back and it keeps people broke and struggling when in reality, if they understood that most people want to be on a winning team. Most people want to be part of something cool. Most people want to contribute and help build something that's bigger than themselves. Um, once we realize that we're free to start delegating things out and becoming the actual personnel developer and leader, uh, which is useful in a number of different ways. It helps grow the company. It helps grow the person. And, um, you know, once you figure out that the better you are delegating and leading, it helps people, the people who work for you, earn more money, uh, become more successful in their own, take care of their family in a better way. It makes sense to learn how to delegate and lead because it actually benefits everybody. It benefits you. It benefits the company. It benefits the employee. It benefits their family. It benefits the customer because you're able to help more customers and do more of what you do. So, you know, it's an irrational fear that a lot of small business owners have. Uh, but it's not something that you can't get over. And I think a lot of times, you know, we we tell ourselves these stories as entrepreneurs. Yeah, but, you know, my company is just this much more complicated. No, it's yeah. fucking not. No, it's not. You're just telling yourself that because you're confused on how this is actually going to work, you know? And um, this is where getting into a program like Arte Syndicate or getting around people who've actually scaled companies will be of big help to you. Uh, you're afraid of something that you shouldn't be afraid of. And that fear is going to keep you small. It's going to keep you struggling. It's going to keep you broke. Now, if you want to remain a small one or two or three person operation, you want to run a small business like that. Great. That's cool, too. Lots of people do that. But you're not going to grow into a, a, a an actual bigger company, which it sounds like you want to do without learning how to delegate. Hmm. It's a big deal. Yeah. I want to ask
0: you this. So, so I mean, because it's almost like, you know, it's like, from what I what I'm hearing is a lot of small business owners they they do their best trying to prevent all of these scenarios from happening the theft or the stealing or the um you know people walking out they're trying to prevent all of these situations from happening so they just don't do anything whereas you're saying you probably should you're better yeah, off
1: on. that that what you just said is the reason that people leave yeah okay because mm-hmm. when you're trying to handle everything and micromanage and take everybody's job. That means that their job is completely unsatisfying and unfulfilling. They're not able to contribute. They're not able to build. You're misunderstanding the nature of most humans. Most humans are built to operate on a team. There are very few leaders and there are a lot of people who want to contribute and and, and entrepreneur minded people. are pe- there's 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 basically three different kinds of people in business. There's entrepreneurs people who create design and build. And they don't need a set of directions to do so. They just do it, okay? Then there's second-tier entrepreneurs, which are franchisees. These are people who need a plan, they need a model, they need a plan to follow, but they also are entrepreneurs. So if you give them a plan, they'll go out and execute it, do very well. These people actually make a fuck ton of money, all right? And then there's entrepreneurs. These are people who work inside these organizations who need to embody most of the qualities of the entrepreneur, but... They also have to be developed into that, all right? And these people want to feel wins. They want to feel like they're contributing. They want to feel like, I did this for the brand. I did this for the company. I did this for this project. And they want to be recognized. You know, there's a saying out here, uh, uh, people will work for money, but they'll kill for recognition. And it's because everybody has that deep desire to contribute to a team win. All right, and and so a lot of people can't delegate or develop personnel in their company because they're wired like the entrepreneur. All right, the first guy, or maybe even the second guy, and they look at everybody else and they're like, "I don't understand why they would even want to work for me. Why wouldn't they?" Because, dude, most you're you're the abnormality, and you can't recognize it because you've lived your whole life being that. How can you recognize that you're you're an anomaly to everybody else when that's who you've always been? You can't recognize it because it's what you've always done. So you have to understand people in general, the most amount of people, they want to be a part of a team. They want to contribute to the wins. They want to be recognized for their contributions. They want to be paid well for their contributions, but they don't want the fucking stress and the risk and the anxiety and the frustration and the pain and all the shit that the the first two guys got to take home with them every single day and never escape from. You know, and that's a big problem with the entrepreneur, you know, content space or whatever you want to talk about. Everybody's out here telling everybody to start a fucking business, bro. These people are going to get fucking killed. Okay. That's what people don't understand. You have to be built for that. All right. You have to be able to tolerate that. You have to be able to have this on your back 24 hours a day. 365 days a year for your entire life. Most people do not want that. And this is why I get so pissed off at these entrepreneur dumbasses out here telling everybody all this shit because they're 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 telling people it's easy, it's great, it's free, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's so awesome. When in reality, dude, it's fucking brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> and you got to you get your ass beat every day a thousand different ways. And dude, most people don't want that part. They want the part to contribute and you can give them that. They want the part to create and you can give them that. They want the part to get paid well and you can give them that. And you can leave you get to keep all the rest of the shit. But most people are of those of that mindset. They want to contribute, they want to get paid well, they want to be on a winning team, but they want to go home at night and have a regular life. And if you're an entrepreneur of the of the first sort, that's not reality, man. And and we could talk about balance and we could talk about you know I live a perfectly balanced life. Those people are fucking lying. It, they're lying. I don't know a single entrepreneur who is a tier one entrepreneur builder creator that has balance in their life of any sort. They, it, and they're successful. It's not reality, dude. It's just not. No. And that's why I get so upset with all these people that are just cramming this I'm trying to say that it's not like that. Yeah, man, yeah. and it's the reason they say it's not like that's because they never built anything real. You can't buy a product from them other than their course. You can't shop at their company. They don't have fucking hundreds of employees. They might have a little assistant over in India or something. fuck, You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is not real business. It's fake business. Doesn't exist. Right. And they're selling the idea that this is easy and for everybody to all these people who are going out and getting fucking crushed. This is why I try to tell the truth about the journey, that it's so fucking hard. And your only option, if you really want to win in it, is to build yourself into someone who can tolerate that path over the course of time. So, and, that, and that's the truth. And I don't care what anybody says. If I if I fucking said the other way, like everybody else said, I'd probably fucking have a whole bunch of more followers and a lot more success. And but I'd also be contributing to the downfall and the personal failure of a lot of people. It's not for everybody, bro. Statistically, not. 7 to 8% of the population is built to be entrepreneurs. Less than 1% of those people are actually successful at it. It's a very, very small percentage. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm saying there's plenty of fucking people, if you're one of those people, that want to be a part of your thing, that will help you build your thing and be fucking thrilled to do it if you, if you give them the opportunity to do so. And the fear of delegating and, and not understanding that people want to contribute to these things is what keeps most companies from ever becoming anything.
0: Yeah, I love that, man.
1: It's the truth, man. Yeah. You know, and I I, I don't, I, it is what it is, man. Even to be a successful entrepreneur, bro, your life's going to be a little bit out of balance. You're still going to have to work your fucking ass off.
0: Yeah, the balance thing is not true for anybody trying to do anything great.
1: No, it's just not. It's, oh, it's, it's you a have to fucking understand. fake, yeah. feel good buzzword on the fucking internet. Mm-hmm for people to get clicks, likes and shares and for overly do-gooder people who have already quit in their life who've already chosen the easy path to judge morally people who have chosen the harder path. That's what it is. Oh, you know what? I gave that up because I want to have balance in my life. Well, good. But even
0: those people don't have fucking balance.
1: <laughs> like what what is balance? It's fucking bullshit, bro. Yeah. Your life balance. Let's see that bank account balance. Let's see that <laughs> <laughs> Look, dude, and then and then, and then on top of that, we could talk about, we could even wrap, wrap into this. Look how many people, like I saw this meme the other day um, that said, money's not the goal, freedom is the goal. Don't ever forget that. Yeah, dumbass, you're correct. But to make money, you have to make money the goal first before you can actually have fucking freedom. And this idea that you're gonna get X amount of dollars and you're gonna be free is actually a lie anyway, Because the more money you make, the more responsibility you have.
0: The more tied up you are.
1: It's fucking. It's all lies so that these entrepreneur fucking gurus can sell these kids on a fucking lie. This shit's hard. It takes a long fucking time. It's going to take everything you got. And that's that. And if you want it, you, you could do it. But you should understand the cost of doing it before you fucking jump into it. The point is, there's a whole bunch of people that want to fucking be a part of your thing, but you're not allowing them to be because you wanna put your hands all over everything and it's hurting you, it's hurting them, it's hurting the customer and it's hurting your entire legacy. You have to be able to trust people, you have to understand there's so many great people that wanna build with you and create with you and help you do your thing. And as long as you treat them well and give them a great project to work on, a great mission, you pay them good and and get the, they're gonna get up in the morning with the same vigor that you get up to win. That's reality. But that, you don't know that until you start to delegate. Like, dude, and by the way, here's another point of delegation. Um, <clears throat> you're not the best at everything, bro. I walk in this building every day and there's, I don't think there's anything that I'm the best at. I might be the best. I'm the best in this building at getting on a stage and talking to people. That's what I'm the best at.
0: Well, you steering the ship. Hold like on. See, seeing the iceberg. Yeah.
1: My vision. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Outside of those two things... There's everybody in this building. Every single motherfucker has skills that they have that they are better than me at. Every single person. Okay, so why the fuck would I try to do their jobs if they're better than me at it? Yeah, that's what the fuck you hired them to do. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so like, you're you're handicapping yeah. your growth by by mentally blocking yourself from delegation because you're not allowing higher skilled individuals to contribute to your project. You see what I'm saying? So like, dude, it's just, it's, it's, it's a fake. And I went through it too. There's no judgment here, but I I, I wasted five and a half years. Like I told you. So I, I've learned this lesson very, very uh, expensively. Um, if we could take five years from now and add it on, you know, let's project me five years in the future from where I'm at now. That's a lot of fucking money that five years cost me. You see what I'm saying? So it's an expensive fucking lesson and you shouldn't fucking have to repeat it just be, uh, because I'm here telling you about all about it right now. Um, but ultimately, man, it's an irrational fear and you need to get over it if you want to be successful for real.
0: Love it, man. Well, guys, Andy, that was three.
1: Yep, go pay the fee.
0: Went from sleeping on the floor, now my jury box froze, fuck up bow, fuck up stove, counted millions in a cold, bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bank can't fold, doesn't know, Headshot, shot, case closed,